And we're back for another episode of this podcast, As a Matter of Fact, where we try to discuss issues facing our generation and look at what's happening in today's culture and society. My name's Nolan Matter. And I'm Nick Lopez. Welcome to the latest installment. We have just a couple of housekeeping things that we'd like to let everyone listening know about. Yeah, so we want to meet bi-weekly, and we hope this podcast will become like aged wine instead of like a stale pretzel. Yeah, so after years of this podcast just sitting there, you can go back and listen to it, and and it will taste even better than it did the first time. Unlike a pretzel, which is still useful to throw at your friends and hit them in the head, but doesn't taste as good. So, Also, we're going to try to implement a way to hear from you, because we do want to hear from our listeners. We do have a Twitter account that uh, I haven't been paying too much attention to that I'll have to get on, and we're thinking about making a Facebook and as we continue to grow. So we're going to definitely implement a way to hear from you, and we'll let you know that um, later on on how you well, can do that. Yeah, as long as Facebook and Instagram are working. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute because I have a fun story <laughs> for you. So how are you doing tonight, Nick? What's new in your world? I'm doing well, thank you. Other than some drama at work, which mm. we could talk about on an episode we've already done with conflict, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be able to cover that. We're backtracking. Uh, That's not what we want to do. Let's Let's move forward. <laughs> We we uh, we might not be able to cover that, but just dealing with some drama at work, which I'm sure all of us have experienced. And I think last week we talked about how we were afraid because there was so much rain. Yeah, that's true. And now so, it's sunny out. So that's... we're not afraid. Well, with that, do you have any fun plans for the weekend with this sunshine? Yeah, I think we are going to go hang out with some friends on Saturday and we're going to go maybe drink some beer. What about you? Um, I'm actually counterproductively getting out of this amazing weather because I am going to Idaho for the weekend. It's my dad's birthday. He has some family that lives there. We're going to go visit them. And a couple of funny things about that. Um, sad about things, Idaho? Actually, about Idaho. My dad's favorite restaurant is closed this weekend only for some uh, last-minute renovation things that they're doing. So mm-hmm. the weekend we'll be there, his favorite restaurant will be closed. So oh, bummer. that's kind of a drag. The second thing that was crazy that happened just recently, and it's been a crazy couple of days. Um, you probably all maybe haven't heard of this, but there's an airline or airplane model from Boeing, the 737 MAX 8. That was uh, just deemed unsafe to fly. The president signed an executive order. The FFA declared it unsafe to fly, and they shut it down. Now, little did I know that that was going to have any effect on my travel <coughs> plans. But this morning, I learned that our flight had been canceled. Oh. And so we had to go through the chaos of figuring out a new flight, figuring out if we are going to fly to Oakland instead of Sacramento, which would have been a crazy drive. And thankfully, we were able to book a different flight that doesn't change too much of our time there we're just getting there a little bit later than we expected we're going to be able to be back at the time we planned but i thought that was kind of crazy who knew that that would affect me so now it's going to be cold probably there so i probably have to pack a jacket and i hope we'll take some of the sunshine with me um but that is not even the most craziest thing in the last couple of days please tell yesterday (laughs) you probably um I mean, if you didn't know this, the Great Depression of our time has kind of come 
when the day comes when we have no more internet for like three hours, then I think we're going to see some riots, riots in the street. Um, it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be what every chaotic movie, you know, I'm just thinking of like, I am legend type stuff. And yeah, it'll be the end of the world because yesterday Instagram and Facebook were having difficulty operating. And at first I thought it was me. I thought it was maybe my videos just aren't that entertaining that I'm trying to upload right now. And that's why they're not working. But I realized pretty quickly through other forms of social media that they weren't working. And the most hilarious thing I saw was Lindsay Lohan posted Who? on Lindsay Lohan <laughs> <laughs> posted, oh, on, yeah. posted on Twitter. She tagged Instagram and said, please contact me. As if she was in dire need of help. So you know when Lindsay Lohan gets involved, it's bad. And it made me think to one of the movies that I've seen recently that you've probably already seen too, Ready Player One, uh-huh. if you know about that. Yeah. Um, well, my name's Nolan, and Nolan Sorrentos is the bad guy who they wrongly named in that movie. But the, the ending, and spoiler alert for those of you who haven't seen Ready Player One, skip to the next 20 seconds of this podcast. At the end, they basically say, we're not going to be in the Oasis for Tuesdays and Thursdays. We're going to turn it off so people can actually, you know, entertain this idea of being in the real world. Right. Well, I don't think that's the case. If you saw the chaos that was going on yesterday in our world, if somebody said, let's turn off the internet for two days out of the week, it would it would not happen. So that's that's the most unrealistic part of that movie. Not that they're... Well, remember, they were world. living in a different world where society had basically crumbled. So in our society, all they had was the virtual world and our society is is basically crumbling when people <laughs> cannot get off their phones i think for an extended well, period of time and have actual communication with other people and this actually kind of flows into what we are going to talk about this episode but the reason why i thought at first it wasn't working because first the first thing that i uh, experienced was not being able to reply to somebody's post like I was trying to leave a comment and you thought it you were being censored. Kept failing me. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, am I not friends with this person anymore? Uh, are, is there a way that they can block me from commenting? Mm. What the heck? I know some people would like to do that for me. So, <laughs> thankfully that wasn't the case and I won't say who that friend was, but I'm glad that I am fully restored to post again cuz I actually had things that I wanted to share yesterday, like the Aladdin trailer. Mm. Um, but Overall, my point for saying all that was that was really selfish of me. Yeah, I think it was selfish of a lot of people. It was <laughs> self-centered and self-seeking for a lot of people to just get so uptight and upset that they couldn't post on Instagram. I was being pretty narcissistic about it with the videos, the, the selfie videos that I was doing. Um, I changed my shirt like five times to different songs and just posted I saw all that. Those. Yeah. <laughs> so that was just me being fun. And I was just like, why isn't this posting? I think I, I spent probably like 15 minutes trying to get it to work and then realized I don't need to be doing this. <laughs> yeah. I, I uh, tried to log in on the, on my computer, on my phone, on a different computer. I'm like, Oh, it, you know, I deleted just... the app and redownloaded it. That's how okay. I didn't go that far. <laughs> I realized that there was something wrong because I got a, a, a note notification on the computer browser that said, Facebook is undergoing some maintenance. Your you know, account will be back eventually. Well, that was very selfless of your computer to but give you that update. After a while of realizing that there was an actual issue, I just gave up and you know what I did? I, I, I did my job at work. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a good thing. Yeah, I said yesterday was productive. 
And no, it's funny because I brought it up to some people at my work today who are not millennials and they had no idea what I was talking about. They're like, oh, yeah, for one, we don't use Facebook or Instagram. And even if we did, we don't really care <laughs> that it's going down. So that's just the generational difference that we have. So, but yeah, we're talking about this idea of selfish slash selfless. And hopefully during this podcast, because those words sound so similar, but they mean completely different things. Hopefully mm-hmm. I don't get those things mixed up and people think, oh, wait, what are you talking about? Being selfless here is being selfish. I will selflessly keep you on track. So I will try to enunciate and as we go through this topic. And so, yeah, why do you think this topic is important for one is the question I would ask. Why are we talking about selfishness? That's where we think the main thing is. Well, obviously, because we're selfish, we want to talk about it because we want to eventually talk about ourselves. <laughs> but... <laughs> you know, you know that, that's really yeah, true. I, mean, uh, I, uh, I, you know, joking aside, we talk about it. We want to talk about it because it's everywhere. We have so many examples of people being selfish in different ways, and even ourselves being selfish. And there's some times where we don't even realize we're being selfish. But it's a good opportunity to talk about selfishness and selflessness as, uh, you know, just kind of a, a reality check and a, a way to reflect on on bettering ourselves kind of like you know some of the things we've touched on in other episodes yeah so it's all about the betterment of your own like world that you kind of like live in that everybody else experiences by the way that you act yeah we're trying to be introspective definitely about these topics and i think just thinking through some of the traits of each of these is helpful when thinking about this topic because i think sometimes we get to a point where we can't even define what these things mean, and that can get us into trouble because people get confused and saying, wait, I'm not selfish, or you're not being that selfless. But if we really define these topics, then we can look at it on a more practical level in a sense and say, this is sure. what I mean by this. Yeah. So traits of selfish people, some of the things that I came up with, they always have to be right. It's my way or the highway, as they would say. They find it hard to celebrate the achievements of others mm. or even to comfort others. And they treat others as less important. Say they're a little narcissistic on that, that a scale. Little? Yeah, I think narcissism is a synonym for selfishness. Do you have anything to add to those traits that you think define selfishness? I think ultimately, if you were define if you if we were gonna define selfishness in like a tangible way, I would say that it's really just simply thinking about yourself before others and so like you said you know you have to be right it's your way or the highway you don't really care you know you're not as empathetic towards other people's feelings because all you care about is how it's affecting you there's a reason why they call it selfish because it's all about about yourself so i don't think it gets much more complicated than that no it's definitely not complicated i think there's nuances of it like you know narcissism and other things that kind of expand upon people's being selfish people's like you know actions and whatnot but to act in one's own self-interest it's a good definition almost so good the internet should have that somewhere (laughs) it probably does but it probably doesn't say that okay and then how would we define selfless I mean, it's literally the opposite. I don't know if it's literally the opposite. Actually. I don't know if it's the opposite because the opposite being selfless. Because I think you can be very passive when it comes to moving through this. When you're being uh, selfish, you're not necessarily thinking 
about what's happening mm-hmm. and passive. I think selfless I would define as more active when it comes to doing things and thinking of of others before yourself. Yeah, I think if we were going to get um, philosophical, because this could be a philosophical debate about selflessness and if it actually truly exists because if you talk to like the psychological community a lot of them would say there's no such thing as true altruism Mm. and if you if you don't know what altruism is it you know being altruistic is selflessly doing things for others with no expectation of any gain or anything in return now how many examples do any of us have where that's the actual case because I think if we look at like an example of where we think we're being selfless, like, oh, well, maybe we cut somebody off or maybe somebody, you know, you know not cut somebody off. Maybe somebody needs to get it, get in um, in the lane in front of me. And I just instead of speeding up or, you know, not letting him in, I just back up a little bit and I let him in. We think, oh, that, that was nice and selfless of me. I, I gave it I gave up that, you know, space for them or, you know, whatever example you Gave somebody who had less items at the grocery store, uh, you know, the chance to go in front of you in line. That that is selfless. And there's those examples where, you know, the the reasons why we do it are, you know, not so, um, you not so complicated. But I think ultimately, if we look at everything, we are doing things. If not for other reasons, we're doing things because of the way it makes us feel. So. Not to go too philosophical into it, right. but I think ultimately, like everything we do, even if we're selfless, we actually might be selfish in our motives. No, I think that's true to some extent. Um, I mean, I can think of different examples. Like I'm planning a trip right now. I'm trying to get everybody on board and I'm trying to get certain people to come because for for this part of me that I really want these people to come and I really mm-hmm. want them to have a good time. But also it's because I like the way they make me feel when I'm around them. And so, in a sense, I'm trying to be selfless in doing this trip and, and seeing how I can go out of my way for them when it comes to, oh, I'll drive, I'll pay for this. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely agree with what you're saying. I think the biggest contrast I would make, just to just to highlight the difference between these two, mm-hmm. it, it, what I see is selfish is more about taking mm-hmm. and being selfless is more about giving. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, and so why we're talking about this topic is we definitely believe it can it can benefit you when you're being more selfless than you are being selfish. I think it really can benefit your relationships. And one thing we don't talk about too much uh, in our society is this idea of delayed gratification. Instead of getting what we want right now, mm-hmm. it's being able to wait and have patience for that thing. And so we just mentioned this earlier with the problem that we have with our phones, right? <laughs> We're like, we can't wait patiently for you know, the internet to come back on. Well, we don't want to delay that gratification because we want what comes with getting it now. Yeah. Uh, that dopamine response in a sense of, of being on our phones and getting all those likes and making us feel like we're connected. Mm-hmm. But studies after studies have really shown that self being selfless and actually going out of your way for other people does make us happier. And it also makes us more desirable to be around uh, when you're really taking the time out of your way for others. Um, they're going to ultimately, I think it's going to ultimately come back. Like you talked about that altruism. I think it's ultimately going to come back to you. Yeah. There's this great quote by a person who I cannot pronounce their name. 
And so we'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> but it says, there's a magnet in your heart that will attract true friends. That magnet is unselfishness. It's thinking of others first. When you learn to live for others, they will live for you. That uh, That's true on so many levels because, like you said, there's just like, there's almost a reaction or, a, you know, there's an effect on your health and your outlook and your joy and, you know, the way that you perceive life. There's a lot of things that can be affected when you, when you self-sacrifice and when you step out of your own way to help others. Yeah, ultimately, it's good for everybody. Yeah. I, I can think of in every day, and this isn't a specific example, but we all, we all probably can relate to this when we're driving in traffic. And we experience all the levels of emotions, <laughs> and like all of them, yeah, just in one in one simple trip. And I have to check myself a lot when it comes to this selfish versus selflessness because I feel like the most selfish people are that I experience is when they're driving. And I think it may be because you know they're in their own car, it's their own world. They they think that the road they're on is theirs. You know, you don't want to get in their way. And I have to remind myself not to do that also because it's hypocritical. And if somebody is tailgating me, I just should get over if I can, you know, and not get mad about it. But then I have to remember not to do the same thing. Right. That makes me mad to other people. And so it's like this constant battle and learning experience of how you're being selfish and how you can be selfless and and how to control your foot from that general inclination to brake check the person right behind you. Sometimes that doesn't happen. And <laughs> I, I guess we I could be considered one of those aggressive drivers that Sacramento was just rated third in the nation for having the worst. Hey, we're in the top three. Woo! <laughs> so hopefully that doesn't come across on our podcast how much how angry we are. No. <laughs> <laughs> well maybe this next story will give some hope yes. to those listening. I actually had a really cool experience happen recently, and I was at a gas station. Because we live in live in uh, Sacramento, so there's a lot of homeless people around who are uh, looking for a handout, looking for help in different ways. And a guy came up to me, and he approached me and said, hey, would you be willing to help me? And I was pumping some gas in my car, and I was like, well, I'll talk to this guy. I like talking to people. And I think that's one thing of being a little selfless is just talk to people. Get mm-hmm. to know them a little bit. Yeah. And so I got to talking with him, and, and he... uh. He didn't ask for money, which I thought was, that's a great way to start it off because I don't really have any cash on me and uh, I don't want to give you my credit card, but he did ask for gas. And because I was already there getting gas and he had a gas can, um, I decided to say, yeah, I'll give you some gas. And so I told him I'd give it to him after I was done filling up my car and I proceeded to have a conversation with him and just get to know his story. And it turns out he's from the East Coast and he ended up coming to California with his dad and his dad ended up passing away, and he has the family van now, and uh, that's what he lives out of. But wow. he admitted that he was, you know, he was struggling with drugs um, and different things like that. Mm-hmm. And so I went and, and gave him, you know, three gallons of gas, and I just I, we had a good, great conversation. And I told him, you know, to get some help and tried to point him in the right direction. And he really appreciated that. And yeah, I think that there's more that I probably could have done in that situation. But I think when people are willing to go out of their way in a sense to be vulnerable and talk to you and really ask for help in a genuine way. Mm-hmm. And there's a way that, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think I was giving up too much because I was already in that situation. Right. So I don't think I'm like, that's the ultimate story of like selflessness or anything like that. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I'm trying to say it's, 
it's it's helpful to get outside of ourselves yeah in a sense and try to look at what's going on around us and seeing ways we can be more of a help than a hindrance you know there's another guy i see on a corner that i end up passing quite frequently and i really think the next time i see him i'm gonna stop and, and talk to him and see what his story is because i'm interested to know you know why are you out here what do you really need and what's going on so mm-hmm. yeah i just thought that was a really cool experience it was a really cool moment for me Um, and I really wish him well. And yeah, I just think that's just something to be mindful of. Yeah. And we definitely don't want to encourage you going out and put yourself in dangerous situations because you can help people in a lot of ways and you have to assess each situation and determine how, how the situation is making you feel. So I definitely think there's a lot of opportunities for us to interact with people who are less fortunate. And I think that's a great example, Nolan. That kind of makes me uh, think of a similar example that I have of, and not to like put too much praise on myself at all, um, but I was in a similar situation where I actually went to a Starbucks and I was meeting somebody to sell something. And at that time, I think it might have been in the morning, um, maybe around nine, ten o'clock, and I think it actually was raining. And there was a homeless man in front of the Starbucks, and you could tell that he was legitimately homeless and struggling. He was dirty. He like his hair was overgrown, his clothes were dirty. He just I didn't look like he was harassing people or asking people for money. He was just uh getting shelter from the rain by sitting out on the, you know, the front patio under the overhang. And I went in and I got myself a drink. And then while I was in there, I was just thinking about him and how people were just staring at him and looking, at, you know, as they walked by, not interacting with him. And, you know, he probably was there to get out of the rain, but, you know, maybe hoping that somebody would talk to him or buy him something. And so while I was in line, I decided just to buy him a $10 Starbucks gift card. So I had a Starbucks card loaded. And as I was leaving with my drink, I gave it to him and I said, hey, go buy yourself some food and, you know, drink or whatever you need because it was kind of cold also. And then I sat in my car just to kind of see what he would do. And he immediately went into Starbucks. And he bought himself some food and, uh, you know, a large drink. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but he he took advantage of... It was a Frappuccino because it was the best. Yeah, I think it was a white mocha. Yeah, those are also the best. <laughs> I, I actually don't know because I don't drink coffee, but that's another podcast for another time. Uh, another <laughs> episode so for energy. another time. <laughs> and so, you know, it was it was very rewarding for myself. and I, And I did it partly, well... I'd say mostly I I would admit that I did it because I wanted to help him and I had it better off and I was buying myself a drink, which I really didn't need and I didn't need to spend money on. But he was just sitting out there, not like having a, a home right. <laughs> it's a, or anywhere to go. So it, it was a great feeling to be able to help another human being. And oh yeah, I think that's definitely great. And that just really speaks to the idea of taking that moment really to think of somebody else. Well, especially since we are so well off considering, you know, where we live and you know, right. compared We're to other places in the world. Definitely live in like a really prosperous nation. And yeah. that's just the thing. It's really it's really fascinating to see different stories come out. And there was an article several months ago that rated like the happiness of different nations. Hmm. We did not rate very high. And that's it's amazing to me interesting. how people here uh, seem very unfulfilled, seem stressed out and unhappy Mm -hmm. um yet we live in such a prosperous nation we have a lot more opportunities afforded to us than other people even in this nation do 
uh, there's a good statistic uh, that says if you are out of debt and you have $25 in your bank account, that's all you have in your bank account, you are richer than 25% of the people in America. Wow. So you're richer than me because I'm not out of debt. Neither is Nick. Sorry, spoiler alert. Not by a long shot. <clears throat> so hopefully we'll be out of debt on our But I do have $25. Oh, there you go. Hopefully we'll be out of debt by our 1 millionth episode. So stay tuned for that. Yes. <laughs> we are going to have a celebration. Um, Put it on your calendars. <laughs> 2052. Yeah. Ooh, that's going to be a great year. Um, one of the things that I've been thinking about on this topic, though, is just the idea of labeling people in a sense, uh, mm-hmm. completely like you are selfish or you are selfless. I think we can get caught up in that too much because sure. I think people aren't necessarily one whole thing. I think the idea that people do selfless acts like we've been discussing and they do selfish acts like we've been talking about. And so... If you continually do those things, I think you can be defined more and more as someone who is selfless or someone who is more and more looked at as selfish. But I think we get into a dangerous spot, especially when we get into arguments with people mm-hmm. and we're calling them out as you're this or you're that and we're labeling them. So I would just say try to veer away from that. And on that note, um, this has like been a hard thing to think about, but um, I've been reading this book recently. and. See, I always have trouble recommending things for people, whether or not I'm liking them. And I think it's definitely worth the read, but I'm not sure if other people would enjoy it. Um, And that's kind of the hard thing when you're recommending something, because you're like, do I recommend it for people's enjoyment, or do I recommend it because I think they'll get something out of it? I definitely think you'll get something out of this book. It just came out this year. It's written by Lisa Brennan Jobs. It's called Small Fry. That's Steve Jobs' first daughter. And I would say this is his estranged daughter. He didn't want her in the first place. And they had a very tense, they didn't even have, I wouldn't say they even had a relationship Hmm. for the first, you know, up until her teens years of life. And there's just some interesting stories in there about how he wouldn't see her for months. um, And then he would come there and he would bring her to his big house and then he would go to work and he would kind of leave her to be uh, on her lonesome. And so she didn't really know who her father was. And as I'm going through these stories, one thing that really just really struck me is, you know, we get this picture behind the scenes of who Steve Jobs kind of was around his daughter or this, this girl. Yeah. And I think it's a different story than people have told in the past of Steve Jobs. Not to say that Steve Jobs didn't do amazing things because I mean, I'm using a MacBook right now and well, we'll, we'll just say that. <laughs> and I, I was trying to, but that's, but don't let your MacBook fall off the car when you're driving. Um, yeah, that 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 might actually be post Steve Jobs. And we won't talk about the current state of Apple. That's another episode. <laughs> but it's interesting to think we I think we we get into the get into the position of looking through at these figures, placing these heroes in a, in a sense to speak. He's done so many great things for for innovation and invention in mm-hmm. our society. And then we put them on a pedestal and then we try to look at them. We, we do look at them through rose colored glasses. And there's been mixed sure. reviews on this book for sure, because people don't want to look at Steve Jobs at a different angle. They don't want to necessarily critique him or look at him. But in these instances, in these stories, uh, my heart was kind of breaking in a sense, thinking, wow, he's not being selfless. He's not necessarily thinking of. And I wasn't trying to think of him. And that's the whole point of the book. She's not writing as he's a great innovator because she ends on that note. She basically has, you know, he did great things, but I didn't have that kind of relationship with him. 
where mm-hmm. I felt really loved. And so I think it's trying to look at people through these different lenses. And in a sense, it's hard because you don't want to be too critical, mm-hmm. but yet you want to be accurate in your portrayal of what other people are. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes from just his personality and the experiences that he had growing up in, you know, in his, his early success, you know, when he was younger and then the things that happened with his, you know, start of Apple and his partnerships and how, you know, you hear, hear stories about him cutting Steve Wozniak out of it and, and kind of just ruthless business stuff. And, you know, we did talk about it in our last episode about success and we, you know, we touched on this idea of success, but if you look at successful people that we look to that were founders and whatnot, they, they weren't always great people. And that's just kind of a reminder of how people are people regardless of what they've done. And like, you know, we'll go into Hollywood in, in a little bit, but just for an example of like somebody that people look to that they're, <laughs> I wouldn't consider them great people are the Kardashians. And, you know, they, they are idolized. Yeah. And like, I think it's interesting when you read the documentaries of people like Steve Jobs and you find out things or you hear things about how they, like, I think I heard something, I don't know if it's in the book, but Steve Jobs didn't leave any of his kids money mm. when he died. And, you know, like not, and that, that, that's, you know. Well, there's one quick handout that I will say from this book that was kind of striking to me. Uh, he started up the company Next um, before he went back to Apple. Yeah. And his daughter was in her early teens at this point, and she'd been bugging her father for a computer for a really long time. And so he told her no, he wasn't going to get her one. But one day she came home, and there's a computer in her room. And she was really shocked and surprised, and she was super excited. And she tried to turn it on. And it wasn't working. And he came in the room and tried to help her and it wasn't working and it wasn't working and they couldn't get it to work. Mm -hmm. And so finally he said, oh, I'll have to fix this. And he took it out of her room. Well, he never brought another one back. Oh, so that was kind of a really sad story. Really, really. Well, and and I think like, you know, like we want to move on, but that's just part of his lifestyle in his business life. Like, like you said that he just would leave her at home, like leave his daughter and Mm -hmm. go to work. Because, I mean, he was running multi-million dollar companies and there was a lot of great things that he did. Like, we're not bashing Steve Jobs. No, no, uh, no. If you read or you listen to or you watch um, the you know story of Pixar, he is literally the reason why Pixar exists today. And, you know, from a business perspective and, you know, their their building is named after him and like he gave them the money and he had the shrewd business sense to really be successful and that's where he was successful but in, in his personal life you, know, you see we we can't put people on pedestals right and i think that's what we're, we're getting at is people right. in our society who we look up to there's a sense when these icons do fall from grace i mean there's musicians that have been in the news recently who have done terrible things and and how do we really how are we able to look at that and critique them because we put people on such a pedestal that I feel like when some people do critique them, there's a mob that comes back and says, no, you can't critique these people. These people are amazing. These people are doing all these great things. These people should be untouchable. I think that's the main thing I'm getting at is you want to jump into the Hollywood. Yeah. That's, that's the direction we're definitely going. Cause, cause this kind of falls straight, straight into what just came out in the news, which I'm sure y'all heard about with the college scandal. Yeah. 
Yeah, go for it. And like you know, this this is kind of just off the cuff, but if you read anything about this college scandal that involved you know all of these celebrities and you know high high pedestal people, I guess you could say, right. they were part of this scheme where they basically cheated their kids into prestigious colleges and they paid like this this one person that was organizing it they they all in their own right minds they paid to get their kids into these different colleges anywhere from 15,000 to 1.2 million dollars yeah i think they they said this guy who organized it made like he got paid like 6 million dollars over the time that he was doing it by by these parents and think think what you will about Ben Shapiro but he has a great podcast episode uh, I think it was yesterday where he talked about this and he really pointed out the issues with why they did this and because the question is is is, a, is raised why would these multimillionaire celebrities who could just give their kids money to invest why would they cheat to get their kids into schools that the kids don't even like there was examples of some of the kids that didn't even want to go to the schools like they just wanted to party they wanted the experience of the party and the social aspect of it so the question is, why did they do this? And ultimately, it was because they wanted to be selfish. They yep. wanted to tell their friends, oh, my kid goes to Yale, yep. or my kid goes to UCLA, my kid goes to Harvard, you know, but they didn't earn it. So it, it really is, it was, it's a shocking, like, Yeah, it just blows my mind that they have this kind of money, they have the kind of resources where they could get tutors, they could put in the hard work, and they could get their, these kids in the right way. And that is the most interesting thing about it is the parents were being more selfish than a lot of the kids. A lot of the kids, in a sense, didn't. Well, I don't even think some of them knew. Yeah, a lot of the kids didn't even know that their parents were doing this or making these backroom deals to get them into these colleges. They thought they had kind of earned it fair and square. Right. Um, and so that's what's really uh, fascinating. It's the parents were all orchestrating this. And yeah, the, it's the biggest scandal, in a sense, in our recent time when it comes yeah. to the schemes. And now the schools are going to be paying a big price. So we'll see how that goes. But I, I read a really interesting article. Just sort of sort of refocus on this this topic, mm-hmm. um, and I, I just want to define a few more a few more terms um, because I think there's a difference between uh, being generous and being selfless. And when I was looking at this topic, and I typed in the first thing that popped up when I typed into the internet, people who are selfless. By I the got, way, shout out to the internet. Happy birthday! <laughs> Happy birthday! Just uh, a couple days ago, www. He started 50 years ago was it no it wasn't 50 years ago 30 years ago it was 1989 it was 30 years ago yeah that's right wow so the back- internet i've been almost around that long crazy <laughs> if you round up you know if you're older than the internet shout out shout out to be listening to this podcast on the internet okay so i read this article by bustle is that how you pronounce it bustle bustle well, that's fun. <laughs> the 19 most successful <laughs> celebrities Right, and they'll give you all the feels. Oh, those feels. Nice. And it was really interesting because none of these names really shocked me, but obviously they're celebrities. <laughs> and not to say that celebrities aren't or can't be selfless, but I think the article should have been titled Generous. Generous, because it talked about their monetary uh, givings. It basically talked about how they were giving all this money. And obviously, you can probably guess some of the people that are on this article. Johnny Depp, Jennifer Lawrence, Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, Taylor Swift, shout out, uh, Justin Bieber, Taylor Swift listens to the podcast, I think, maybe not. <laughs> shout out Tay-Tay. <laughs> shout out if you're listening. But yeah, they they do, I think, give a lot, and they are very generous. 
but but are they selfless? But are they selfless? Because as we talked about earlier, selfless is really giving something up. It's really making that that sacrifice. sacrifice. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like they have to make a whole sacrifice. Not that they're doing great things, but um, I want to basically tell anybody who's listening that you don't have to be a rich celebrity to be able to do something great for someone else. You don't have to be making a lot of money and don't compare yourself necessarily to these people you place on a pedestal and think, I wish I was like them, because you do have the power to enact some real change in other people's lives with acts that are selfless. And mainly that can be through service. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I have a couple of events coming up where I'm able to serve and help out. And it's just simple things, you know, a marathon that's coming up and they needed volunteers for, you know, setting tables up and registering people. And um, the money from that marathon goes to a great cause. And so it's just simple things like that, that I think you can take, that you can be selfless in your time and giving it to other people. Yeah, I think volunteering is a great example because you're being selfless with your time. Like you're sacrificing what you could be doing with that time for yourself and you're volunteering and helping a cause or whatever it is, other people. But your time is one of the most selfless things that you could give up, I think. Yeah. And so kudos. This made me think back to uh, one of my favorite books and kind of on the self-improvement. And it came out, I'm actually, I really want to look up when this book came out. It's, it's called How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And I want to say it was written in the early 1900s. And sounds like a business book, motivation, motivational speaking. Yes, it's I've heard of it for sure. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a powerful book. And the Internet's not being super helpful when it was published. Ah, 1936. So I was correct. Wow. And it was basically during this time that there was sort of the what's called the self-improvement movement was going on. And. Yeah, he was talking about like how to be a leader and change by looking outside of yourself and being able to appreciate other people. And so he just had some easy things that I think are just easy to remember by, you know, being honest and appreciative of people with through, you know, their acts of service. And one of the things that I, I definitely remember was the praise that an adoration he gave to somebody who did a job well. And even though it was a small job, he was able to compliment them on that, that they were doing that job really well. And then that made them take pride and continue to do that job well. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would just recommend that book in, in this realm of self-improvement. And it has some great tips on how to win friends and influence people. And, and on a side note, not really about selfishness, but just shout out if we've had any technical difficulties. Mercury is in retrograde. And so it's not our fault. It's the planets. They're they're out to get us. But if you don't know what that is, look it up. And because I can't connect to my Wi-Fi in my own house right now. So what's going on in the world? Facebook, Instagram, my internet. I'm have to start stockpiling food. Oh dang! Are we just being so self-centered, like our society, <laughs> so us focused today? Um, right. You follow your heart. Well, I think do what you think is best. You know, live out your truth. As long as it's not hurting anyone else. These are all cliches. Yes. As, as we're Clish. saying them. Cliche. Um, fresh faces of clicheness. Well, I think as we transition into this idea of these are the things that I think are elevated in our society that shouldn't be. That would be my take on it. In Hollywood, especially in pop culture, and you see this happening a lot in movies, a lot in what's valued. Yeah. And 
Yeah, I think it is problematic because it is very self-centered. It's very selfish and it's not really helpful. So what are some thoughts on that, Nick? Well, I am hesitant to go down this path, Uh but (laughs) we're going to because... Buckle up, kids. For all my Disney fans out there. Don't buckle up in a 737 MAX 8 because they ain't flying. Be safe. Fly safe. Check your flights. Um, You know, no, just actually, I love Disney, and I want to say that I'm a big fan of their, you know, their work, and Walt Disney himself is more of like where I'm a fan, and, you know, his life was just a testament to entertainment and everything he created with Disney, but Disney movies had a lot of like a lot of Disney movies in the beginning a lot of the animated cartoons had this theme of follow your dreams follow your heart and you know prince charming soulmates you know and the, there's there's a lot of you know imagination and inspiration and and just fun stuff that comes out of that i i think our childhoods were were really impacted by you know the Disney movies that we watched and especially like early 90s and now that they're making all these remakes for you know the new generation to experience, there's a lot of great things that came out of Disney. And I think Walt's vision for the company was much more you know altruistic and and family valued centered and and just like you know really like dreams are good, have dreams, wish upon a star. You know all the all the Disney cliches and the quotes that came out of Disney. You know, there's just it's just fun, and don't take it too seriously. But the Disneyfication of our, you know, how we perceive life is definitely something that we need to, you know, not ignore. There's a reality of the storylines that they created in a lot of their movies, and even today, there's just there's a lot of selfishness. And from a business perspective, I think you know they do it because it appeals to it large appeals to people then it's it helps them sell their product what some people are championing but i think it's gotten a lot worse nowadays especially since walt has been you know dead for 50 years and the the current state of our entertainment industry you know let's speak specifically about disney over the last few years has has come down this well they've succumbed to the the you know the social justice arena of you know all the people championing social justice and nothing wrong with social justice itself and that's another episode that we can get into so many episodes that (laughs) that's the third episode we have lined up already from just from this talk but you hear this term social justice warrior a lot and it's these people that not necessarily even want to take part in the things that they're you know arguing against or for but they just feel like they have a moral obligation to argue against certain things. And, you know, we don't need to go into that because you all know what the social justice warriors argue about. And if you don't, you are one. (laughs) Calling them out. But if we want to just give an example currently of a Disney product, which would be Marvel, there's a trend in not only Marvel, but the Star Wars franchise that you know that's come out over the last couple of years that fans are just really upset about. You know, the decisions they've been making have kind of been leading down this social justice path, and you know, it's been creating this illusion of you know an entitlement that these you know different and and everybody should have the opportunity to do everything that they are capable of, but nobody should be giving something that they haven't earned. And that just because of a different race or a different color, they, you know, that that shouldn't be the the narrative in these stories. 
most recently we can talk about, I think, what Brie Larson, uh, some of the controversial things. Would you even call it controversial? I think it's just flat right. out wrong. Lots of things that she's talking it. about and things that she's saying. Uh, you would know more in depth that than I do about about that. But yeah. uh, Brie Larson, and, and to continue our topic on uh, selflessness or shellfish, and if we had a fun little ding, and then that's being selfish, and we have a little ding ding, that's being selfless. She'd get the ding because I think recently she's really been selfish in the comments that she's been making uh, towards people who would be prob- probably going to see this film. Yeah, well, and they and they actually did. Uh, if you look at the statistics, right. I think the last statistics from this weekend were thir- only 39% of the viewers were women. So you had 61% that went and saw Captain Marvel that were men. And if you don't know the, I guess, controversy behind kind of her actions. Please explain. She put herself in a position to take a stand, you know, considering that she had had she got this role as Captain Marvel, she thought that she would use it for her, you know, as as her, I guess, soapbox or her her platform to advocate for her politics basically. And what she said, if you break it down, wasn't unruly or unreasonable it was how she said it and it was this this um arrogance and entitlement and basically a selfish idea of how film critics are all white and there's some kind of conspiracy that they don't want to let any minority in and she said that film critics should be diverse which they should and i think they are but they have to earn it like if the majority of film critics are 40 year old white dudes it's because that was the profession that they chose and there's not a lot of diversity there's definitely women film critics there's diverse ethnicity film critics but her stance was everybody should be allowed a seat at the table and she was specifically talking about her press junket with captain marvel and how she wanted more diversity and inclusion in her representation for this movie however she's basically saying hey, even if you didn't earn it, you should have a seat at the table to give your opinion on my, you know, on Captain Marvel. And, you know, she, she brought up the, the, you know, the example that everybody kind of got up in arms was because she was talking about her movie. You know, she was in, in Wrinkle in Time, which is also a Disney movie. But she mentioned that people didn't like it and the critics kind of rated it badly. And she didn't like that because she thought that there was a bunch of 40 year old white dudes rating a Wrinkle in Time and it wasn't about them you know that was her stance it's not about you it, you know i want to hear people of diversity and teenagers and women telling me how this movie is which was i mean it's a little insane for her to say that if i'm being honest because that's what the audience ratings are for that's what people leave reviews for to talk about the movies film critics are professional and they're supposed to be professional professional at least there's definitely biases that go into this whole industry but if you're a professional film critic, you typically are rating the film based on its merits, based on its cinematography, based on, you know, the acting. And, and that's what you should be rating That's what you should on, be right? rating it on. This is a side note, and, and I, don't, I hope this doesn't get you off topic. No, but, not at all. This is a big topic. But I was uh, talking to a friend over Facebook. The new Aladdin trailer had just come out, um, which I think looks intriguing. I'll go see the new Aladdin. Yeah. Um, but I had somebody reacted to it in i think the most absurd way and they said they watched the aladdin trailer and they felt like jasmine didn't look very arabic or even middle eastern uh oh that was me sorry she she basically no, 
This person basically looked up the casting and found out that this person is half Indian and half white. And basically she's, criticized. Well, she's half white, but she's British. Like she's, okay. She's they basically British. criticized the casting of this person because of their ethnicity that that doesn't fit into this ethnicity they're supposed to be playing. And I think SNL did a great job this past week at capturing this kind oh, of really? insanity with um yeah with a skit that's titled "Can I Play That?" And Idris Elba says, "Isn't that what acting is? It's becoming something you're not." Yeah. And the response and retort is, not anymore, no. It's about becoming <laughs> yourself with a different haircut. And I think that's kind of where we've, oh, where we've come to. I think it's a hilarious skit. I it, definitely it is. recommend I, yeah, it. I want to watch that. Um, but yeah, we're at this point now where you can't do this kind of thing because it doesn't fit into the box that Hollywood's provided because well, in their selfish mindset, they want it to be such a certain way. Well, and I, and I would, you know, piggyback off of that by saying it's not entirely Hollywood's fault. It's Hollywood is a business movie. Um, you know, movie studios are, are in the business to make money and they want to sell a product that they think people will enjoy. And currently the, you know, current social chatter is this, this idea of social justice. And I'm a fully 100% a proponent of equality. And I think there's a, a, I, I don't know a lot of people who think that we don't really have that in a lot of ways, but there's still people pushing that. It's almost like they're trying to find ways and they're trying to pick out things that movies are doing that are not, you know, 100% across the board in what they believe should be equality. And I think that's a great example of somebody who's playing a part in a movie who, if you've seen the trailer, she looks the part. She looks enough like a Middle Eastern and that and that's another thing like why would you categorize like you're almost in a sense by arguing that you're being discriminatory by saying well all middle easterns should look like this right you know because she may and be middle so people, eastern and just so people are clear we're talking about aladdin not yes. captain marvel no no no. Yeah, we're captain talking, marvel is not middle eastern no or, we're talking I mean, about the, you know what she, you said about aladdin <laughs> yeah but that just it's just idiotic to think that people should fit into this box which if you look back at the narrative it's actually kind of selfish and discriminatory in itself and hollywood's really just making these movies because they think that's what the audience wants and they get pressure from the politics and whatnot and you know people in charge might be driving these decisions but the audience does have a say and if you don't like movies say it if you don't like what they're doing with movies if you don't like politics in movies say it like put it out there and i and i know if you've followed anything with this con- this Captain Marvel controversy, you you know the links that Rotten Tomatoes has gone to protect this movie, and that's sad because that has been a platform for audiences to talk about what they didn't like about movies. And slowly, since the Star Wars Last Jedi came out, when fans hated it, and you know Ghostbusters 2016, people just didn't like the movie. Wrinkle in Time, people didn't like the movie. Like. Solo, the Star Wars story, didn't do well because it came out after the Last Jedi debacle. And fans voiced their frustrations because these are fans; these are the people who are giving you their money. They want to; they're invested in the storylines, and so it's just selfish in a way. Like we're I mean, bring back selfishness. It's selfish to think that you can tell people what they should like. And I think it's getting uh, away from what the harder movies, in my mind, really are about. Yeah. And 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 being mean, meaningful and memorable and enjoyable and entertaining without having all that shoved in your face. 
I think this movie, when I went and saw it, Captain you know, Marvel. Uh, Captain Marvel, yes. Uh, when I went and saw it, I don't think it's a memorable movie. I don't think it's something yeah. down the road I'm going to want to go back and watch again. Now, yeah. it's it's interesting to see her story because she is, uh, I think, definitely an important part in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Um, she's definitely an important character to that, and it'll be interesting to see what they do in Avengers Endgame. But as a standalone film, I don't I don't think it works. And I've talked well, to a lot of yeah. friends, and I think they would agree with me. It doesn't really do well as that, and it's definitely entertaining at some point. I think the third act totally falls apart. But hmm. Yeah, it's because it's a Marvel movie, so of course it's going to have the cinematic universe like strength behind it. And But let's be clear. This is not the first woman to play in a standalone role for a Marvel movie. Well, and and that and you know, Electra that... did that. Well, so did Wonder Woman. Well, that's DC. Don't be getting confused. Oh, well, there. okay. I'm not. I mean, okay, not Marvel movie, but <laughs> I mean, yes, there has been other. There, there have been, been strong female roles. Yes, in multiple movies. strong female. roles. I mean, roles. Alien is one of my favorite series. Yeah. I mean, that's an incredible. Every Alien movie, I think, even some of the newest ones, the roles are all played by strong. So. Just, you know, if you weren't aware or if you have a different opinion, that's fine. But Captain Marvel is not groundbreaking. It, it's not the movie that was, you know, that it was marketed as. And Brie Larson definitely came out on record numerous times. Even the, I think the one of the directors or the directors of the movie also said that this was going to be a feminist movie. It was going to be about woman empowerment. And that's, I think, really where it fell flat because they pushed that narrative too hard. And... Honestly, the the overarching like impression that I've seen people talk about this movie was it wasn't necessary. You know, it was important to introduce her, but they could have done it in a different way. And the the movie itself, you couldn't. I mean, literally, you don't have to see it to understand Endgame. Like, you, it's not going to affect the storyline. Like, you may be confused why she's in there, but you, you know, <laughs> just showing up randomly, boom. They the way they handled it was just poor, and you can go off and look at other you know YouTube videos and articles about Captain Marvel. But I think you know not to go a little too long because we went a little longer on this one because we're being selfish. <laughs> but to end it, I'll give an example of kind of this Hollywood selfish versus selflessness, and we'll use Captain Marvel and Johnny Depp actually as an example. So Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. Not saying she's a bad person. I'm not saying she's a bad actor. But if you look at the way she handled Captain Marvel, and then you look at somebody like Johnny Depp, for example, and how he handled Pirates of the Caribbean, Caribbean, however you want to say it, uh, he plays Jack Sparrow. He is Jack Sparrow, and he will go out and he knows his he knows his fans. You know, say what you will about him, but he knows that fans love Jack Sparrow, and that you know it brings them joy. And so he's been known to show up at Disneyland as Jack Sparrow and play Jack Sparrow and people know it's him. Or he goes to children's hospitals and plays Jack Sparrow, dressed up as Jack Sparrow to lift people's spirits and to encourage them with the, you know, the gift that he's been given as an actor and the role to be like a, a somebody to like almost look up to for those kids as that character. And that is, you know, he doesn't have to do that, but he does. Brie Larson, on the other hand, the way that she handled this movie in the beginning, she was not known for going out and dressing up like Captain Marvel. And she didn't, you know, from what I've seen, there there was nothing, at least as of yet, where she's gone out 
and played Captain Marvel because she pushed this narrative of this is a movie for young girls to be inspired and empowered by. But what she did for young girls, she created a GoFundMe so girls could go see her movie. I mean, she raised money. She literally raised money so young girls who couldn't afford it or whatnot could go watch her play Captain Marvel. Instead of her using the $5 million she was paid to do that. Yeah, and well, even just the the clout of the character. And and I just think she didn't handle it well, and it'll come out, and people will, the fans are not happy. They, you know, it, whatever the future of the MCU is, just, you know, just try to consider when you're looking at actors that they they may be playing a strong part in the movie and they may just be you know one of your favorite characters that's not a strong part but remember they're humans and they're acting at the end of the day and you have to look at how they handle the rest of the you know situations uh, regarding their movie or their life to really get a, a picture of how they handle selfishness or selflessness that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, we don't want to continue to be a dead horse. Or as Peter would say, feed a fed horse. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast, though. Oh my gosh, that's, that's our, another one. I think that's our new cliche line. That's a whole, that's other, a whole podcast. other podcast oh, episode. man. I hope you did learn something and we weren't just babbling at you, but you really take to heart some of the things we were discussing. And yeah, I would end with a recommendation. I won't go into this. You can look this up. But there's a really great book that just came out by Arthur Brooks about love your enemies one of the things he says is we do live in a culture like we we're just talking about of contempt and we want to create habits of seeing people who disagree with us not as misguided or worthless but really see the value uh in others and that's a way we can and be selfless so all right more selflessness less selfishness and so we won't take up any more of your time and we will selflessly bow out for this episode thanks for listening bye